Hey movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 121, and I'm sure most of you comic book fans are eagerly anticipating the release of Zack Snyder's Justice League this Thursday. Um, I'm looking forward to it, too. The more trailers we see, I'm more and more looking forward to it. Plus, believe it or not, it's getting actually some pretty good critical reception. Um, however, in terms of like the nerd lore... It's probably third tier and most excited list. Like Falcon Winter Soldier is probably number two. And then number one, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. Nightwing has returned to his glorious days. Um, but before we get into all that, all the movie news, all the discussion. Uh, Josh, how are you doing this week? I'm great. I'm tired. <laughs> you and I are both like a little, I'm a little bit on the tired side today, buddy. Oh, yeah. F you, Daylight Savings Time. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, daylight savings. Uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah. I wasn't playing video games till too late. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, uh. I'm tired because of daylight savings time. Josh is tired because of tor- torn, <laughs> poor time management skills. Okay, here's the thing, man. When you work like a lot, and nighttime is the only time you get to relax and actually do anything, I do. I do. Okay. I don't know why I'm getting addicted to Rune, uh, Legends of Runeterra, but it's it's happening. Like I'm in the I am halfway done Uncharted two, and <sighs> that makes me that just reason, warms my heart. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, it's so good. Okay, for those at I, home, like so I have good. been begging and pleading with Josh literally for years to play Uncharted. So out of the blue, he just randomly texted me, but he like, it's finally happening. I'm starting Uncharted 1. And I'm like, hallelujah, praise Jeebus. And I, I mean, I like told him, like, he's finally playing Uncharted. And you text me back like 10 to 15 minutes later. I'm like, I kind of really love this. And I love <laughs> Nate and Sully. I'm like, vindication, yeah. thy name is Uncharted. And just, okay, you know, since we're on the topic, um, first of all, I beat one in like a day. It's the, it's like the short, not, yeah. Ha- yeah, it's real short. It's not hard really. The only thing that makes it hard is the k- terrible gunplay. I was, yeah, I was about <laughs> to say, the only thing that is hard is the climbing, not the climbing. Yeah. The, the, I shot you in the head four times and you're not Why dead. You I don't understand how I can shoot you in the, with a pistol twice in the head and you're, and you're dead, but I shoot you five times in the head with an AK and you're not dead. How does this work? But um, then on the flip side, you'll have some guys that you shoot once with a pistol and they immediately just drop. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no, has oh. this happened to you? It's the worst thing with uncharted. You got somebody with a sniper. You're in your sights. As soon as you fire, they move their head. You're like, Dude. Oh. You're like, you just knew. Okay. So with that being said though, the skill level required for two is weirdly so much higher. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Like, the sneaking is so hard, mm-hmm. almost at times unnecessarily hard. There was, like, I'm, I was, what was it, the the level where you're um, at the museum trying to get the pipe or whatever. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think I just, I'm, like, just a little bit after that. Was but, it the big, um, huge courtyard part? Yes, that it mm. took me like it took me like two hours, and it was one yeah. of those like I'm sitting there like I can I can win consecutive five like three games in a row in Apex Legends. This should not be this hard. Why is this hard? No, that took me way too long because like oh. you'll get it down, and then a guy will turn around. And you're like, how do you see me? Yeah, yeah. There's no way you didn't see that because I literally killed a guy right in front of you. How? Are, oh, 
Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's good though. It's it's real good. Uh, you watching anything good or just playing stuff for now? Uh, I've been pl- watching a lot of YouTube. <laughs> like, um, for whatever reason, I've been digging into Markiplier's old catalog. Um, never bad. Of, never bad. Uh, never a bad idea, but just like of all the things on YouTube to watch. Um, but yeah, not really. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm kind of chilling because uh, after WandaVision, uh, like, I mean, I already keep up, like, with three shows, including WandaVision, so, because yeah, The Curse of Oak Island, Swamp People, uh, uh, Forged in Fire, soon to be... Um, my boy Falcon. Falcon and Winter Soldier. My boy. New, new season of uh, My Hero Academia comes out this week, uh, th- this month. Um, allegedly, the Demon Slayer movie is supposed to come out this month. I'm like, I'm kind of enjoying like a lull. Godzilla vs. Like, Kong. Oh yeah, that movie. Um, <laughs> we'll see, dude. I'm, I'm like skeptically excited because mm-hmm. skeptically shy. Yeah, it's just after the after the first two, like they're great, they're cool, they're monster movies, but I. I yeah, I have a little bit more faith because it's a different creative person, and I need to um, go back because you keep saying I need to watch. Um, was it 2016's Blair Witch by Adam mm-hmm. Wingard, and Adam Wingard's doing this, so I'll yeah. I'll go back and watch that. Also, because uh, in my stuff that I've been watching, uh, we didn't have last week's episode because I was not feeling up to it. My voice just wasn't great, and I was a little under weather, which means I could catch up on a lot of movies. Uh, I watched for the first time the original Blair Witch Project. Um, so I need to now watch the 2016 one. Um, Blair Witch scared me, but not for like the, the reasons you would think like the witch or whatever wasn't scary to me. The movie does such a good job of making you feel like these characters are lost in the woods. And I've never been scared of that until this movie. Just like, yeah, I, I I want to get out of here, please. And just the stress (laughs) and anxiety of, I want to get out, please let me out. It's like, um, What's it? I, the whole time it was like Steve Carell when he's in the cone of silence. Of just let yes. me out. Let me when out. When I go to silence. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um, not spectacular or whatever, but I appreciate its significance in horror and it stressed me out of get me out of this woods. Now I need to see the 2016 version. Let's see. Um, I also watched uh, Annabelle Comes Home. Okay. It was fine. It was not as good as Annabelle Creation, but it was better than Annabelle. Um, (laughs) However, I'll say Annabelle Comes Home is the perfect example of something we'll talk about later of a movie that's in the middle in a world that we don't really want movies to be in the middle. Um, Mm -hmm. I watched 2018's Tomb Raider. God, that movie sucked. That was (laughs) so boring. Uh, I watched Coming to America, which, believe it or not, is the first new movie I've seen in 2021. It's been that long. It wasn't bad. Um, it wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. Also, it wasn't as good as the original. Um, watched 2005's King Kong. Good God, that movie's too long. Three hours for a King Kong movie is unnecessary. I don't care if you're Peter Jackson. It started off so long as that so well, and then it just kept going and going. And then lastly, I watched Mulan from last year. Woo! I watched it free on Disney Plus, and I want my money back. <laughs> Like this, yeah. There's just so much about it that I'm like, are you trying to do a Milan movie? Because this is not how you do a Milan movie. You have a supporting character 
named Cricky because you don't have the actual cricket. You just have a fat dude named Cricket. I'm going, are you kidding me? Or like, I've been saying forever that the movie didn't need Mushu. And there is no Mushu. There's a phoenix that helps her on her journey, which like at one point she's lost on her way to the camp. And the phoenix shows the way. I'm just like, if you literally just kept hiking for maybe another 30 minutes over this hill, you would have gotten to the camp. You did not need this phoenix. But also, she's already like Rey or Captain Marvel. She's already overpowered before her journey even starts. She's a superhero. I'm going, that's not what made Mulan special. Mulan was special because she was willing to put her life on the line and outworked all the boys that made her made them earn respect. But our work and diligence is nothing. It doesn't matter. It only matters if you're a super chi warrior or whatever. It, I hate this movie. I'd rather watch Beauty and the Beast remake again, and I wasn't a huge fan of that either. Um, but because I believe in the power of positivity like the New Day, we are going to talk about some positive things that have come out as of now, less than an hour ago since I've experienced this, uh, before we get into our news topics, because it's something near and dear to my heart. I talked about this a few months ago. I don't know if, remember if you were on the podcast for this, um, Josh, or if it was Michael, but uh, all, many months ago, we talked about how the Nightwing comic would be getting a new creative team, um, new writer, new artist, basically everything. Long gone are the days of stupid Rick Grayson getting shot in the head, shaving his head, and becoming a cab driver, because um, that's a thing. Uh, but Nightwing 78 came out today with the new everything. And it has been a very long time since I have loved a single issue so, so much. So basically what this is, is it's kind of a reboot, but not. Like, even though it's Nightwing 78, treat it like it's a Nightwing 1. It's basically starting over, but not ignoring stuff that happened. They do poke fun at the stupidness of the Rick Grayson stuff of... Um, at the beginning, some guys are trying to beat up and bully a, th- uh, three-legged dog and they're about to shoot the dog in the head, which I'm going, what kind of monsters are you? <laughs> but he says something about like, first of all, you're monsters, but two, don't shoot people in the head. They, we, they have amnesia and then they'll end up driving a cab and then we don't want dogs driving cabs. It, it was just classic Nightwing, but also it was heaven forbid, hopeful and optimistic and the colors pop off the panel and it was gorgeous it has a lot of setup for the future of stuff so there is a lot of talking but the talking is great like um alfred has been dead in the comics for a little bit bane snapped his neck and killed him a few months back and so there's some fallout with nightwing here and they really dwell on the dick grayson and alfred relationship and it's wonderful and fantastic and I'm very, very happy in the direction that we're going so far, even after just one issue. I'm going, oh, thank God, after two and a half years, I can finally read Nightwing again because this Rick Grayson thing has gone on for way too long. Uh, But one last note with Nightwing before we move on to movie news. And there's a lot of good news this week. It's been a while since we've had a lot of positivity, uh, but we've got a lot of good news. Thank you guys for watching the um, Pitching a Nightwing video. It is way over delivering in terms of overall everyone enjoying it and also thanks to that we're now only two subscribers away from 400 on the youtube channel so um two subscribers let's let's push that let's get over 
let's get over that 400 hurdle. 400. Come on, guys, share. You know you like what we have here. Get us to 400, then we'll then we'll keep going. We'll go. Maybe we'll do something special for 500. Who knows? Uh, but Josh, striptease? Huh? Striptease? Yeah, yeah, for 500. No, we're not selling our bodies. We don't have oh, enough money not. to hire Gary Busey. Oh, okay. So we're not. We're we not have no budget. Our we look Got like it. we have a budget. We don't have a budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We look like we have a budget. <laughs> Josh, you ready to get into the happiness well, that is the news this week? Get it, the news. Like I said, this is the first time in quite a while that the news is mostly optimistic. Because in the terribleness that is the world right now, um. A lot of movies have been delayed or had issues. Basically, nothing's come out for a while. We're starved for content. And it felt like every single week, this movie's been delayed. This movie's been delayed. Well, for the first time in a very, very long time, a movie's going the opposite direction. And it's coming sooner than it was originally intended. A Quiet Place 2 is now not coming out in September. It's now coming out Memorial Day weekend. And in the words of the great Medea, hallelujah. Um, I thank God. Now, to be clear, this is still a delay from when A Quiet Place 2 was supposed to come out. The I still feel bad because A Quiet Place was the first movie that got delayed when COVID hit. Because yeah. I remember... Everything more or less went into lockdown like Tuesday or Wednesday. And that Friday was supposed to be when A Quiet Place 2 come out, had, was going to come out. Because certain members of the press and early reviewers had seen the movie. And it still bothers me to this day that there's a good chunk of people out there that have seen A Quiet Place 2. And I am not one of them because the first one is a masterpiece. On my way to pick up the Nightwing comic today, I was listening to some soundtracks and the uh, music from the... I love you. I have always loved you. Scene comes on. I'm just like, Ooh. oh, oh yeah, it's a kick in the balls today, but it's it's good. <laughs> this is just this is encouraging, and it's wouldn't it be ironic that the first movie that gets delayed in COVID, in the COVID era is the first movie to come back into theaters when we're out of the COVID era? I just hope other movies take this trend i don't think they will i think the only reason that this movie was pushed up is because fast and furious delayed itself again and that time slot was open and they're like we'll hop on that business uh this this is just goodness this is happiness this is we're finally getting new content like we said godzilla versus kong is coming out later this month but it's been so long since we've had a light at the end of the tunnel going oh a new movie uh you see this josh I don't know. Are, are you excited for A Quiet Place 2? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's one of those, like, I'm not used to, like, new movies coming out. So it's like, I don't know if I know how to emotionally react. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's been so long since I've seen the trailer. That, so it was like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm excited because it's A Quiet Place 2 and the first one is absolutely incredible. So... I, I don't want my my indifference to come across as like I'm not excited. I just I, I, I haven't had this emotion in a while. I don't know what the, what to do with it. I think at least for me, it's hard to 
and I'm hoping this marks the end of this, it was hard to keep track of what is coming out when. Like, yeah. I, you, before COVID, I knew when things were supposed to be coming out. Like, Uncharted was coming out here. A Quiet Place 2 was coming out here. Black Widow here. Now it's like... Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully this marks the end of delays and we can see things again and not just... This yeah. is coming new to a streaming service near you. Like, don't get me wrong, streaming services are fine or whatever, but it's different seeing in the theater. I couldn't even imagine watching the first A Quiet Place at home. That would suck because just that was a theater experience. It's meant to be seen with the surround sound, everyone in hushed tones getting really, really anxious. So I'm hoping this is a signal that movies like um, Black Widow, which is also supposed to come out in May, kind of stick to their release dates. It's looking good so far with vaccines. Um, we might be getting back to normal by 4th of July slash August, which, again, uh, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show, it's just been a great positive week because the theme park fan in me, being in the Orlando area, Horror Nights is coming back this year. Yay! They've already announced one of the house, one of the ten houses. I'm just like, oh, we will be back to normal by September, October. Fingers crossed. Yes, they also immediately const- restarted construction on Epic Universe, their new theme park that they're building. Which Josh, rumor has it, it's gonna have a How to Train Your Dragon area. Well, I just now I know I have to, you know, come visit. I mean, outside of Halloween Horror Nights, uh, now I just. I have to go get like ride toothless, you know. Like this is it's just it's just something that has to do. Don't don't I see that face? I see Freezing. that face. It's not as bad as when Hagrid first came out at Universal. Everyone's like, we're gonna go ride Hagrid. And we're going. Mm, nope. But yeah, just so you know, Josh, that this new park is rumored to have a How to Train Your Dragon area, a Universal Monster area, and Nintendo Land as some of its signature areas. I'm going. Let's go. Shut up and take my money. Yeah, absolutely. I can't. I was thinking about it the other day. Like, there's a lot of things that I don't, I, I hadn't realized how long it's been since I've been. Like theme parks. I don't. I can't remember the last time I've been to a theme park. I can't remember the last time I've been to like a, a live music concert. Uh, you know, like so, like, and not mm-hmm. just like because of COVID, but just in general. I was just, just in general. Huh. Looks like I need to go visit my buddy Nathan sometime. September, October, man. September, October. Or just any time, really. Any time works. Uh, but this is, again, to bring this full circle, this is good news. This is, for those of us that try and remain optimistic throughout dark times, um, this seemingly is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you, I guess you could say it's some good news. Um, which, whatever happened to that? Like, I know it got bought out by, like, CBS or something. Then nothing came of it. I think... I thought they were doing an actual, like, show version of that, but maybe not. Um, but, yeah, this is this is good. This was one of my most anticipated movies of the year, and just having a new movie again will be a wonderful thing. Now, our next few topics are all DC-related, and I'm all about it. Um, so, the Flash movie is set to start filming within the next few months, and finally, we actually have some casting in this Flash movie of Flash-related characters and not, here's another Batman, or uh, here's some other DC characters that might be showing up. 
This time now we actually have Flash related characters in his love interest of Iris West and his mom. So they are bringing back uh, Kiersey Clemens who was in the Snyder Cut version of Justice League. But uh, we haven't seen that yet. Um, so I'm curious to see. I don't know. I haven't seen Snyder Cut. I'll watch it Thursday. I'm not working that day. So I'm planning on watching it all in one sitting. But I do think it's interesting that they are bringing back someone from the Snyder Cut. Like they didn't have to do that because the theatrical version, we never saw what Iris West was like. Um, yeah. I think it's either one. It's a testament to um, Kiersey Clemens' acting ability. I'm not sure I've seen her in anything, but I think it might either be a testament to her acting ability that they're like, no, we want, we still want to keep you. You had promise. So maybe she is really great in the little bits that we know she's in for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Or something that I've thought for a while is this Flash movie will wipe away the Snyderverse, but they, it will still happen. Like, think of it like DC Comics, that the New 52 was an era that happened and then Rebirth happened, and it didn't mean that New 52 didn't happen anymore, didn't decanonize it, it's just that universe doesn't exist anymore. So I think that might be a play here of further tying in the Snyderverse leading into the events of Flash, like Ben Affleck's Batman, obviously is the Batman and Flash knows. So, maybe. Uh, I still see her sticking around. Now we also have the casting of his mom with the actress forgot her name maribel verdu who i'm not entirely sure who that is um hispanic actress so they're changing up nationalities which is totally fine um i think it's about time we got some casting of barry allen's mother if the whole point of the movie is going back in time to save your mom's life then let's you know cast the mom of all people um but because it's a dc movie if you're adding people to your cast, you have to subtract some others. Uh, and Henry Allen, his dad, will not be played by the same guy that was in both the Joss Whedon version of Justice League and Zack Snyder's Justice League with Billy Crudup. However, it is nothing to do with like creative differences. It's genuinely scheduling conflicts because Fair this Flash movie has been delayed so many times that I, I'm not at all surprised by this. Billy Crudup is a pretty busy actor, so I'm sure he, he just had other obligations somewhere else. So I'm curious, Josh, and I'll have you start it with your thoughts on this. Do you think they will recast Henry Allen or just not have him in it? Um, I think it's possible they won't have him in it. Uh, just because he, if the story, again, if the story is he's going back in time to save his mom, then it negates necessarily the reason for him to his dad to go to jail for killing, for quote-unquote killing his mom. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess he could still be around, but you could still, you could write him out somehow. I mean, it, it wouldn't be that hard, really. He's not I mean, actually in the Flash animated movie, the Flashpoint animated movie. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, poss- it's possible they just don't necessarily need him. And in some ways... In a movie that on paper looks like it's already really, really cluttered, might not be a bad idea to start cutting some people. Yeah. What do you think about um, bringing back Kirstie Clemens as Iris West and bringing in his mom for this? I mean, yeah, it's about time. I mean, sure. We need you need an Iris in a in a Flash story. Um, and I... you kind of need a mom in a Flashpoint story. Well, so about time. 
<laughs> Flash's mom is like Bambi. She's basically there to die. Um, yeah. She's yeah. Uncle Ben. Of Timelines and continuities can change, but one thing remains the same. They always have to be dead at some point. Um, yes. We haven't talked about it in a while. What are your hopes or expectations for this Flash movie? That it comes out? <laughs> 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 right now yeah probably i mean like yeah like i i think you and i both share the same thought that this is like their way of being like all right cool we're done with the, the snyderverse we can move on from here and i'm okay with that um it gives the snyder fans their uh their uh like hey like we still have our universe that's fine and it's not like we were going to try to reboot everything either it was just like no nah, it's just a new universe it's an easier way of being like we're moving on to another phase like Marvel but like not like Marvel because we can completely restart and it'd be fun. I don't know. Um, my expectations are that maybe Ezra won't be in, as annoying this time. Okay, I had I had thought about this and I almost yeah. texted you this. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if our perception of the Flash changes after watching Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's also fair because Ezra does feel very joss written in in justice league and also you can tell the scenes that are joss by certain actors like henry cavill's wonky face or ben affleck's fuller face we'll go with that um and there are quite a few scenes with the flash you're like oh i think this is a reshoot so i would not be surprised at all if we come back next week after seeing Zack snyder's justice league and I don't know if we'll love The Flash, but at least we probably will like him more, or it'll probably be a little bit closer. Doesn't matter which version it is, Snyder's or Whedon's, I still hate that suit, and I think it's one of the worst comic book suits I've ever seen. I hate that Flash suit with every fiber of my being. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a great suit. It's not a good suit. It's uh, still better than, than the... Uh... <clears throat> flash show suit though. Anyway, um <laughs> All of the all of those flash suits are bad. But I get that it's a TV budget, which quick side tension about TV. I actually watched the pilot episode of Superman and Lois, and it's I still have some issue with it. I'm not a huge fan of them having two teenage sons when they look like they're in their mid thirties, but also I'm I've never been a big fan of Superman with kids. Like I've grown to like Jonathan when he's young thanks to Peter Tomasi's run on Sp Superman, but I'm still not the biggest fan. However, the show is a lot better than it has any right to be. Like, it's still going to have your CW drama, but it's not like season five or six of The Flash. We are Team Flash. Like, it feels much more normal. And also, that's Superman. Like, he, he could bulk up a little bit, for sure, because he's still pretty thin, but the way he acts and interacts with people, I'm like, that's Superman. And the budget is significantly higher than other CW shows, which helps quite a bit. So I nice. I still have quite a few episodes to watch, but I'm like, okay, at least I have a Superman to watch. That's Clark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just circle. But like, I think the one thing I'm waiting to hear that we really haven't heard. Reverse all. flash. Yeah. I'm beginning to think no he's not in it. News. I'm beginning to think he's not in it. Okay, but then, so the question then becomes, how does Barry learn that he can reverse time? 
how does he learn this? Because in the original, okay, no, 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 no. I think Flash (laughs) uses the Speed Force in the Snyder Cut, and maybe he only goes back like a minute or two. Uh, I just, but even then. Uh, also, uh, just weird side tangent with the whole, with how Zack Snyder does um, Flash. And it's bugged me forever. And it, it's such a weird complaint, but at the same time, it's not, because it's kind of important to the character. Why are his speed trails blue and white? Why is it not orange and yellow? Because blue and white is the fastest light trails. That's the fastest way you can go. So, like... He's an amateur Flash, like he's still learning. Then why is his speed trails not orange and yellow? Like that's that's just kind of. He's got the red suit and the yellow trails. I still don't understand the blue, but it's it's a weird nitpick. But at the same time, it there's a reason why it should be that color. If that makes sense. I almost want to say that the red and yellow speed trails are just because that it's his suit, but. Yeah, I think you can make that argument, but I, 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 I don't know enough about Flash lore to really, like, peg that home. Well, you know whose lore we do know very well? Ooh! We know Batman's lore incredibly well. Yes, as, sir. Thankfully, finally, finally! No, he, he's our next topic. Um, The Batman has wrapped principal photography. They have wrapped their main filming, which still means they have reshoots or they have scheduled reshoots if they so desire to. But by and large, the main chunk of filming is done. I'll also give the major credit. After fandom-related stuff, we've heard nothing about this movie. Like, mm-hmm. nothing's leaked out or anything. No, um... Casting calls for more circus performers. I'm still holding on to that. <laughs> There's some report going around um, from some sources that I don't particularly like. Um, They're like the Waynes might uh, Thomas and Martha might be revealed to be evil in this movie. I'm going, yeah, I kind of got that vibe from the trailer, but also they've been doing that for the past few years. That's that wouldn't be a groundbreaking revelation. Yeah. Like the Telltale game did that. Joker kind of did that. Like. I don't think they'll go full evil, but, like, they might have some connections to the, um... Oh, what, what's that thing? Uh, who is it? Who? 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 I, mark my words, Riddler who? is not the main villain of the Batman. I've been who? saying it forever. Who? Josh looks lost. <laughs> who? 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 <laughs> Josh... Josh looks like an old man with dementia. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that don't that haven't figured it out, we're talking about Court of Owls. We're talking yeah, about Court of Court, Owls. I'm not, I've been I'm saying not, I'm not for, crazy. <laughs> I've been saying for years that the Court of Owls is more than likely the villain for the Batman, and if they're not for the first one, they will be in a Matt Reeves movies at some point. And the more we hear about this movie, the more it just makes sense. Now, if I had to really, really say a crazy theory, oh, here we go. And I'm we're never shy. I'm never shy to do that. Oh, here we go. Here comes the hat. The hat is back. Okay, I have no basis for this. I'm not even 100% confident on this. But I think Court of Owls is the main villain. And their Talon, a.k.a. like their assassin or their hitman, is the Riddler. Because look at Riddler's suit in the trailer. It's closer to a Talon suit 
than Riddler. With the goggles and the mat and the wrap over him, it actually looks like a modern adaptation of a Talon outfit. And he's killing somebody, maybe in the name of the court. So either he's trying to expose the Court of Owls, or he works for the Court of Owls. It's an interesting theory you got there, bud. It's a very interesting theory. You think I'm way off, or you think there might be something to that, Josh? Um, I think there's something to it. I hope it's wrong. I And the only reason I say that is because I want Riddler to be Riddler for Riddler's sake. Yes, not, I get it. And not, not what they did with Batman Hush. Yeah. <sighs> and that that's the, my other worry is because minus the glass, the goggles, he does have a Hush vibe on his his costume. So at least that we've seen in the trailer. Yes, which um, um I wouldn't be surprised now that we're done with filming if we get more marketing. Like this is still mm-hmm. a long way away. I think it, the new release date's March of next year, I yeah. believe, like March 22nd or something like that. Um but now they can kind of like drip feed us some stuff of maybe like they a, won't. I bet they might um, around if we are back in theaters I wouldn't be surprised if we get a new teaser trailer sometime around the summer and maybe a poster I if I'm them I would do some form of marketing whether it's a new poster or a new trailer around October because if this movie's supposed to be based off the long Halloween really lean into that Halloween theming um, I'm just glad this movie's done there's always a chance for reshoots or like pickup photography of like B-roll and whatnot, but this movie was filming for so long due to all the safety protocols. I'm just glad this is done. It's something to look forward to, and we really, I'm pretty confident saying it won't be delayed again. Um, the question is, it's a long shot for sure, but is there any chance that it might come out earlier than March? I mean, with, uh, what movie's coming out? Quiet Place. With Quiet Place being moved up, I don't think that's out outside the realm of possibility. I don't want to completely discount it because I feel like I've done it enough, but this Christmas is when Dune is scheduled to hit theaters. And maybe... Just maybe. I know Dune, they want Dune to be a massive franchise, but that's a prime slot. I, again, this might be a little bit out there. They might swap Dune and the Batman and have Dune come out in March and the Batman come out in that prime Christmas slot. I have no reason or basis to think that. That's that's probably just me hoping to see the movie three months earlier. But... Now that I've said it out loud, it kind of makes sense to me because so far, DC has done incredibly well with that December slot. Shazam, Aquaman. I feel like was Wonder no Wonder Woman was a um, the first Wonder Woman was a spring okay. release. <laughs> Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four was a Christmas Day release. I don't know how that's turned out financially for them, but they've done well with that December slot. So. I wouldn't discount it moving up again. If nothing else, I don't think it'll ever be delayed again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I 
I'm looking forward to now that it's done getting stuff from it like behind the scenes pictures or posters or just more material because I feel like before the lockdown we were probably just a few weeks away from getting like a Catwoman character poster or an official poster poster or something else so just bring it but to be fair I have enjoyed how much how little marketing we've gotten um I have enjoyed I mean I understand they're they're not done filming yet so obviously it's probably going to ramp up a little bit here but I've really liked how like quiet they've been we have that one trailer a few still pictures and that's it if you really want to hold us fans over maybe it's just me being weird um the one thing that we don't know what they look like give us a picture of Andy Serkis's Alfred we still don't know what he looks like he only did the voiceover in the trailer. I kind of am curious what he looks like. Does he have the That's mustache? Fair. Like, That's just show fair. us a shot of Alfred and Batman in the cave or something like that. That that would be fine. That would hold me over for months of speculation. That's. I mean, this will tie in a little bit later into our discussion. Do fans really deserve that, though? Is that is True. that something we're owed? Do we really? Are we really owed anything? <laughs> doesn't matter what you think <laughs> in the words of black adam i mean I, uh, yeah. that's black adam's signature catchphrase right that's how he turns into black adam it doesn't Honestly? matter what you think <laughs> I, i'd be okay with that i would pop so hard if he's fighting shazam and he's they pull that line out oh my gosh if black adam rock bottoms shazam Shut up and take my money. <laughs> take my money. Like, but, rock bottoms and through a building. But the thing is, Black Adam is not going to be rock bottoming Shazam anytime soon, but he's probably going to be rock bottoming some members of the Justice Society of America because Black Adam is finally, finally filming next month. <laughs> Put a big old asterisk by that. Because yeah. it feels like Black Adam has been getting ready to film for about seven years now um even before covid they'd be like it's in development it's in development it's in development um but supposedly it's actually happening now which gives me a huge nightwing fan that wants my nightwing movie it gives me a little bit of hope that at least some movies can come out of development hell you just need the rock to make it happen but um josh do you actually believe that black adam is filming next month or do you think some other issue is going to arise yeah no I, it's definitely filming um i know because i think the you rock were there <laughs> yeah I, I was in the meetings uh but i think the rock has finally decided that he's buff enough to be um black adam so it just took him a little bit of time to really get to that level of peak physique where he could show up on screen and everybody looks at superman and goes well, what are you doing are you going to do that? That's a bolder no. move, no? Cotton. Let's see if it pays okay. off for him. <laughs> like, but in all seriousness, yeah, it's, 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 I think it's time. Um, I also think because we've had castings for this. We know Aldous Hodge yes. is um, Hawkman, who uh, it's apparently being revealed that he is an alien. They're not going with the Egyptian mythology uh, yes! origin. They're going with the Thanagar origin. So totally fine. But also for those that have seen Invisible Man, Y'all know Aldous Hodges is already just cut. Like, uh, 
just watching Invisible Man, I'm going, I don't think I've ever seen somebody with bigger shoulder muscles. Like, oh my god, that guy was jacked. Well, uh, but we also like, have Noah Centineo as Adam Smasher. But ooh. those characters don't matter. It doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is who in the bloody hell is playing Dr. Fate. Because that's <laughs> the one casting we don't have. I need my Dr. Fate. Um, also, I... He's not in the movie, but I wouldn't mind if we got Dr. Fate as well as Zatara because we're supposedly getting uh, HBO Max did confirm that they're doing a Zatanna movie for HBO Max. I'm going, uh, so when are you going to call up Alexander Daddario for that? Because perfect casting there. Yeah. Um, and I think Zatara would be perfect because Zatara is the father of Zatanna. And all I care about even more than Black Adam, is who's playing Dr. Fate. Because Dr. Fate is one of the coolest designed characters in DC Comics. And he's got such a cool power set that introduces a whole interesting world. But cool that Black Adam is finally in production. Absolutely. So I think, so on the Dr. Fate thing real quick, I think we're going to get two separate castings. Yeah. Whoever's in the suit, because whoever's in the suit, suit, we're not going to see a lot. Mm -hmm. Whoever's in the suit, and then whoever is doing the voice of of the deity. Who would you do do the voice of Nabu? (sighs) I'm trying to think. Because, honestly, if Vision wasn't a thing, I'd have him do it. Um, But... Too bad he's in the MCU... Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor from Doctor Strange and from the Lion oh, King remake yeah, 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 I think yeah, yeah, would be yeah. great because um, um, you need that deep powerful voice if this was 20 years ago James Earl Jones are bust basically because that big deep voice and pretty threatening voice um, yeah. but yeah I think whoever's ben- under Benedict? the helmet we're not going to see very much of Benedict could be could be a good choice He's he's busy smashing Star Wars rumors, though. <laughs> Which I will never fully discount. I'll never yes. fully discount those rumors. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know, man. It, it, I you need a voice that's like pow- that's pretty powerful. So just not not just anybody will do, but I don't know, man. I don't know. And also, um, it's not the only DC project that's going into filming. Uh, apparently, Aquaman two. Is going to be filming in June. Now, Amber Heard is still up for debate. We don't know that. Are you sure? I thought I I saw that she was fired. Check your sources. I I know what you're talking about. I'm Googling on I know what you're talking about because a lot of people are sharing these articles that Amber Heard has been fired from Aquaman 2 and replaced by um, Amelia Clark. But every single article that I've seen is not from a reliable source, like a Deadline or a Hollywood Reporter. It's all coming from a, we got this covered, or we love movies.com or something like that. None of them are official sources. Plus, she's in the Snyder Cut. Like, they they are still latching on to her, at least for now. Um, So, I wouldn't be surprised if she does get replaced, but thus far, she is still tentatively Mara. Until official, until we get some official confirmation. Like I know a lot of people are spreading that article, but every time I see that, I'm just like, no, no, that's not official yet. I yeah. I believe that it will be official, but it hasn't been made by 
reputable places yet. You can say she's been fired, but you are not in the situation. We don't know. I would like her to be fired um, because she's a horrible person. And if Johnny Depp's career has been ruined, it's only fair that her career goes nowhere as well. Um, But yeah, uh, take that aside. This needs to happen. Aquaman, the first Aquaman, is still my favorite movie in the DCEU um, because it feels the most comic bookish and just knows what it is. It is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's got this thing called color and lighting that Zack Snyder is still discovering what that is as he loves a good old desaturation filter. Um, but Aquaman is bright. It's colorful. But there's also this stark difference between the land and the sea with the aspect ratios and everything. And I just, I really, really need Aquaman too. Um, obviously they kept Black Manta alive for a reason. Mm-hmm. Other than Black Manta, do you see any other villains being the main threat for Aquaman too? Mm-hmm. Maybe the, we get more of the trench or something? Um, I'm trying to think of what other Aquaman villains there there are. Besides, Either Black I mean, Manta or Orm. That's about it. Yeah, it's... Hmm. What would be interesting, for me at least, an interesting story tell, to tell would be if... Don't make it the Kraken, but if they made some sort of godlike sea creature start to attack land and stuff like that and not be like like the julie andrews one what not yeah julie andrews was the big huge creature in the first aquaman that he rides into battle or whatever oh get out of here go away um no that's actually julie andrews that's crazy because there was all these jokes that i myself made that aquaman came out the same week as the mary poppins sequel with emily blunt but guess which movie that uh, Julie Andrews was in and made more money. She made the right call because she knew crazy. it was up. Anyway, so let, no, let, let, let me finish here. Um, so something along the lines of like, and this is the only thing I, I'm, I can think of to compare it, some sort of like Cthulhu type like sea deity that has a mind of its own. It's, it's not going to be controlled. It's not being controlled by, like, another person or something like that. Have the very sea that Aquaman is trying to defend attack the world, and so he has to have that inner, that dialogue of what do, I do, what, what, what do I care about most? In the words of Guru, light bulb. But the problem is go. this character is heavily rumored to be in some other DC project. But there is a iconic Justice League villain that you could easily make in a uh, an aquatic villain, if you so desired, who could corrupt the minds of Arthur's men and maybe turn them against him. And so brother's fighting brother or he's trying to control all of Atlantis in Starro the Conqueror. Okay. But the thing is, Starro is being heavily rumored for some other DC project. And I'm like, that works too. But I think Starro could work pretty well. Because remember, I believe, wasn't there like a mini arc in the Young Justice series where they had Mm -hmm. part of Starro in Atlantis and it escaped or something? Yeah. Yeah, there was. 
Um, Maybe. So I just I just googled some some Aquaman villains just for the sake of it, just for the sake of conversation. Uh, yeah, there's not many. <laughs> Captain Starfish. Uh, King Shark is one that could be Suicide fun. Suicide Squad. But it's too. Yeah, I was gonna Squad. say it's it could be fun, but it's too small. Like yeah. now that King you Sh- King Shark is not on the same level as Arthur. No, I mean if you had started with King Shark, maybe, but you've already had Aquaman riding Beast into King battle. Shark is a shark. King, shark. shark. King Shark is a shark. Is a shark. And Captain yeah. Boomerang is a effing boomerang. Oh man, I love. There's so many that that version of King Shark, and then the one that's in uh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn is fan. They're both so great. I kind of um, think that the the uh, King Shark that we'll get in the Suicide Squad will take a lot of inspirations from the Harley Quinn animated series. Until yeah, in, ter- in terms of how they present him, that's why I kind of think Taika Waititi's voicing King Shark because yes, please. Um, <laughs> on, on paper. Which are you more excited for that's beginning filming? Black Adam or Aquaman 2? Aquaman 2. And I feel like Shazam 2 is filming too soon. As well? I think. (laughs) Yeah, they're filming a lot of these really close together. But then again, I don't see why not. I don't think that really matters. But at the same time, um, I think Shazam 2... No, we've heard less about Aquaman 2. I was going to say... Yeah, we don't know anything about Aquaman yeah. 2. Shazam 2, we kind of know. But also, Shazam 2, Not I feel really. like there's more of a sense of urgency that we need to film now. Yes, Aquaman made more money, made a billion dollars, and so they want to make that sequel quick. But also... Not quick enough. It came out in 2018. But Shazam, I think there's more urgency because you're dealing with younger actors that'll age very, very quickly. Because Darla... Yes. Darla's not going to look as young and little as she did in the first Shazam. She's so cute. It she's hurts. so cute, but she's going to be like the age of like season three Stranger Kids looking real quickly of just, oh, you are not little anymore type of situation. Yeah. So I think like there's more urgency in Shazam more than anything. Um, for our last news topic, we have something not DC related, but honestly, it's something I'm super, super excited about and not enough people are talking about right now. Because this kind of flew under the radar because I thought we were done casting for Mission Impossible, but apparently not. As it seems like uh, Rob Delaney, Carrie Elwes, Mark Gatiss, and some others have been added to the cast of Mission Impossible 7 and presumably Mission Impossible 8 as well, seeing that they're filming. They're no longer filming back-to-back, but I'm still under the impression that they're connected movies somehow. I'll be honest. This gets me really, really excited because I like almost all the people involved with this. Um, I think it's Ron Parcell is the guy in the corner. I think he was primarily brought in because I recognize him from the Top Gun Maverick trailer. And I bet Tom Cruise is like, mm. I like this guy. We can bring him in Mission Impossible. Here's my theory. All these pictures are from the same location. Like in the Carrie Elwes picture, you can see Rob Delaney in the back. Um, in another picture, you can see somebody else in the back. I wouldn't be surprised if these guys are like the board or the head of the Impossible Mission Force. I wouldn't be surprised if these guys are the ones that run Mission Impossible. Hmm. It never hurts to add talent. I love Carrie Elwes. I love Mark Gatiss, especially from his work on Sherlock. This gets me really, really excited. But more than anything, it starts teasing, oh, we might be getting some more Mission Impossible stuff soon, which I'm all for because... 
as far as we know, Mission Impossible 7 is still coming out around Christmas time this year. Yay. Wow. What what's with you and Mission Impossible, man? I, no, I, I've never like they're cool movies, but they've never been like my top like. Ooh, I've got to see the new Mission Impossible. Like it's you know I don't know it's cool I guess. I mean I at like least that. you like them more than Warner Brothers because of Mustache Gate. Um, of all the names that you see on there, is there one that particularly stands out that you like? Not necessarily. I don't really recognize a lot of them, unfortunately. I'm. Uh, we all know that I'm not good with names. <laughs> so I, I like Rob Delaney ever since I saw uh, Deadpool 2 when he was like that standout character of just like, what's your power? Yeah. Don't have one. Just saw the ad. Thought it would be fun. <laughs> You're in. And he's the one guy that survives. So, sure. Why not? This could be fun. Um, if you had to guess... I can't even really think of anything off the top of my head. What would you say might be like the actual narrative for seven and probably for eight? Because again, I think they're probably connected. Any any guesses? I'm gonna go Skyfall. So they're gonna go a full Skyfall. What do you mean by Skyfall? Somebody somebody kills the whole board, or the board goes again goes actually crazy. I don't know, man. I don't know enough about Mission Impossible. But like I don't know. If, I think something doing something like Skyfall in Mission Impossible would be incredibly interesting, I guess. Slow slow it down for Tom a little bit, like make it a little bit more emotional. Not that it's not emotional already, but like actually ref- use it as a – and I guess this is me thinking about maybe Mission Impossible not continuing after 8. Um Make it a two-parter. Make it a, a like a good, solid goodbye to the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think 8 will be the last of the Tom Cruise ones. And then I've thought for a little bit that maybe he becomes the head of the Impossible Mission Force. That way, he could still be involved with the franchise like he you know, actually is. Because you can put whatever director in you want. It's still Tom Cruise's movie. Um, and then if he wanted to cameo or still be involved somehow, he's literally just... It would be very meta to make him the guy that's actually in charge of Mission Impossible. Um, I highly doubt everyone gets out of this movie alive. Maybe some of these board members die. I still think some members of the actual team will die. Maybe Ving Rhames is um, Luthor. But can we please move on from Solomon Lane, the bad guy from Ghost... uh, Not Ghost Protocol, from Rogue Nation and from Fallout. Just He never did anything for me. Can we just move on to somebody else? Why did you have to kill off Henry Cavill so definitively? Like, we could have brought him back, maybe made him like a two-faced scary guy, but the fact that you had a helicopter hook puncture him in the eye and then drop him from a cliff, like, it's not a comic book movie. You can't bring him back from that. It's kind of disappointing. <laughs> but It is a spy movie, so, I mean, it, is, it might be possible. You never know. Just Henry Cavill rips off his face and it's somebody else. <laughs> it was never me the whole time. <laughs> it was me, Austin. It was me all <laughs> along, Austin. Since <laughs> Vince McMahon is the bad guy for Mission Impossible. I, that's what I see, but like a little when when in the trailer when uh Henry Cavill like cocks his arms like they're guns. Um part of it, it almost looks like <laughs> Vince like, McMahon's strut. The, the strut. <laughs> All right, Josh, you got a sponsor for us this week? 
Uh, <clears throat> this episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast is brought to you in part by Bang Energy. When you stayed up too, too late playing video games and you still have a lot to do today. Bang has been in my head lately because um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Trevor Wallace on YouTube, but he's got this skit of every time you drink Bang, he's like, whenever I drink Bang, I can see other people's words. Someone in the background, <laughs> it's because you're reading a book. Oh. Bang! <laughs> That's great. I'll That's send it great. to you. Like I'm just like, oh, I could picture several people doing this. Um, so <laughs> this week we thought we'd do an, a different type of discussion. Um, fandoms are both a good. It's a double-edged sword. They're both a good thing and a bad thing. And when I think fandoms these days, I think Snyder cut. Um, for better or for worse. And so with the Snyder Cut coming out this Thursday, which again, why is it coming out on a Thursday? That's a super random day. We kind of wanted to take a step back and kind of evaluate the state of fandom, like a state of the union address. But for fandoms, what what do we see as like positives? What do we see are the negatives? And why do we think fandoms are the way they are in their current state? Uh, all right, internet. Good night, everybody. Um, but new. No, there's, there's a lot of stuff to break down with this. Of, I don't know. Where do we want to start with this, Josh? Because yeah, fandoms is a big word. It brought us a lot of joy last year with DC fandom. But I think fandoms. There's a lot of give and take. And you brought it up. There's a lot of expectations for better or for worse. I know where we should start. Because we didn't talk about it last week because I wasn't feeling too well. I think fandoms were both a good thing and a bad thing in regards to WandaVision. Yeah, um, there we go. Because that, 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 that was the thing that brought up this discussion for us. Yeah. Was the whole thing, everything that revolved around the finale. So, obviously, I think we should go ahead and say, spoiler warning for anything that we're about to talk about just because I think in order to properly discuss um, the positive uh, positives and negatives about a uh, fandom, we, we have to delve into spoilers. So Plus just it's been a week and a half. Come on. I mean, I mean that and just anything else that you haven't seen that we're, we're going to talk about, just know that it's all spoilerful um, it, a lot. And pretty much everything I think you and I are going to talk about today has been out for a bit. So whatever. In some cases um, years. Yes. So with WandaVision especially, so the one thing that you you and I approached the show differently, and I think part of it was just life circumstances. I was so busy, I didn't have time to watch um, theory videos, or I didn't have time to – or the energy necessarily to think too deep into the show. And so every episode hit me really, really hard. And every episode was, like, super good. And then by the time we got to the finale, I loved the finale. I was like, uh, for me, the finale of WandaVision, I was like, that is in a, in a, for a company that is too often leaves a ton of hang, hanging threads to pick up later, they ended the show tying up basically all the threads. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen often. Do I think they could have done more? Honestly, no. I think it's perfect. I I think the one caveat is obviously, I think the thing that sparks this discussion, the whole Quicksilver thing. 
Yeah, that's that's really you could just throw everything out about WandaVision except for the Quicksilver thing in terms of this discussion. Um, and I bring up basically one of the like bullet points that I have here is the dangers of fan theories. They're both mm-hmm. good and bad. They're good because you get people talking and interaction, interacting with each other. But the bad thing is you build up something in your brain that's not actually going to happen usually. Mm-hmm. However, I think WandaVision is different because the show itself was seemingly teasing. I won't say, I'll admit that I definitely fell for the, um, a lot of the internet theories of like, oh, this means Fantastic Four or the mutants are coming. Mm-hmm. They never implied that, but the yeah. show did imply that bigger things were on the horizon that they didn't quite deliver on of if you weren't going to use Evan Peters Quicksilver, then why did you cast Evan Peters? It almost mm-hmm. felt like the show was going, okay, we might be losing some people. We need somebody, just one of the podcasts I listened to, I think it was Variant the Podcast, had it perfectly when they said Evan Peters' Quicksilver felt very clickbaity for the show. Yes. Of watch, 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 because you won't believe what happened in one division. And then you're with this mystery, and then it was. Almost as bad as the Mandarin twist in Iron Man three. It w- that, at least with the Quicksilver thing, it wasn't a fan theory thing of like a well, Doctor Strange might show up or Professor X show up. It was yeah. you purposely misled us with bad information. Um, I'm fine with fan theories, so long as when the actual thing happens, we're still okay with what happened. Um, this happened so much with Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I think both of those movies were hurt a lot by people going, well, my theory didn't come true, therefore the movie sucks. Yes. And this is coming from somebody that had full-fledged 20-plus minute videos on both of those movies. This is how I would pitch a Star Wars Episode mm-hmm. 8 and Episode 9. Link in the description for those two fantastic videos that are better than the movies that came out. Just just kidding. But um, I was totally fine with both those movies even though they didn't do what I wanted because I was able to put that aside. WandaVision, I still feel like they purposely manipulated some stuff because maybe there's some stuff that, like, director uh, Matt Shankman has come out in interviews that I don't know if I believe because he's just like, the aerospace engineer reference was never meant to be anything. I'm like, you really called attention to it. The one that I really call BS on, though, is he said in an interview, uh, the kick-ass reference. He's like, we didn't make... We didn't make that intentionally. I'm like, you literally have Elizabeth Olsen stop the scene and repeat the word kick-ass when no one else is around, drawing extra attention to it. Are you Mm -hmm. telling me that reference wasn't intentional? Come on now. Like, really? It's, okay, so my take on the Evan Peters thing, um, the whole Quicksilver, I'm nervous, I don't want to call it a debacle. And I think this whole conversation is going to come around uh, a lot of, storytelling philosophy and then using fans expectations against them but not to me I wasn't that upset about the Evan Peters uh, about the Quicksilver thing not being a thing um, because to me the casting in in my point of view was if if Evan Peters hadn't played Quicksilver in another in, in the Fox series, why would it matter if Evan Peters was But that's the cast? thing he did no, play. No, I, 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 that's what I'm saying. Is that's why. So the company, knowing 
fans' expectations. And I, I again, I think you and I are on the uh, two different sides of this because to me, I saw a company use fans' expectations of an actor playing a character against us in our in, in our. Okay, so something I want to make sure that we all are admitting is when WandaVision was first released, nobody had really any expectations for it. Yes. N- nobody, and I think that's why some people are acting so butthurt about it, like they expected this, they wanted they wanted this great show. Like, no, when WandaVision was released and the first trailer was dropped, everybody was like, this show is going to be stupid. Oh, yeah. It was my least anticipated show. and it- Absolutely. I still think it it failed the landing, but I will give them credit for, like, the thing is, it kept building and building and building, and then the final episode, I gotta admit, the final episode is one of the weakest ones, because they were going for something so narratively different in terms of grief and loss, that the finale just kind of devolved into your stereotypical Marvel action piece at the end, Um, except for the Vision versus White Vision fight, when it was actually a discussion of philosophy and morality and mortality, Mm -hmm. and it was like... That's that's more in line with the actual show, but from stuff that we've heard, WandaVision definitely underwent some changes as it progressed, so I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they did plan on some stuff. Um, I think people were also mad because they were they made no qualms about, they said for a fact, WandaVision would be the kickstart for Phase 4, of events in WandaVision would set up future movies and maybe it does but i think people were expecting more obvious setups Mm -hmm. not to the level of nick fury showing up at the end of the first iron man going we're assembling a special team we're calling it the avengers initiative or something like that but at least some more breadcrumbs than we got in terms of what future projects were it was similar to me of in far from home we were expecting big end credits of what comes next because spider-man Far From Home was the end of Phase 3, ushering in the new phase, and we get Nick Fury on a spaceship, which really wasn't that exciting. Like, we now know it's S.W.O.R.D. and S.W.O.R.D. was in WandaVision and everything else, but it really wasn't a groundbreaking end credits like some others have been in the past. So, with all of that, that discussion of fan expectation and blah, 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 do we deserve any of that? Is it is it the comp is it the company's is the creator's job to make sure that we're happy, or is it the creator's job to tell the story that they want to tell as effectively as possible? I, I think you brought up a really good point um, when we texted when you finally saw the finale. Of I was disappointed with the finale, but narratively the finale still makes sense. Yeah. So, like, um, it was more of they built it up to be something it wasn't from their own press machine and them just hyping it up. But from a, if you follow, if you, if you were like Josh and you didn't, uh, read or listen to anything, I think you would probably be satisfied. Um, for, so from a narrative standpoint, WandaVision is pretty solid. It's just all the stuff that was teased and set up mm-hmm. didn't pay off. But, um, you bring up deserve, which brings up me to another one of my bullet points that I wanted to talk about is a lot of times, and I'll be the first to admit that I'm guilty of this, as is a lot of people. Fandoms are very guilty of what I'll call possession, a feeling mm-hmm. either you owe something or 
because this is how I like it. This is how it needs to be. And I've, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I've struggled with this with Zack Snyder's Superman of this isn't the Superman that I know. It's different. Uh, I want it to be how I know it because this is how I think it should be. Well, I'm not the person making it. There's been different incarnations of whatever, but people are so hung up on this is what I believe the character should be. This is what the character means to me. Therefore, this is what it has to mean to everyone else. We st- I see this most prevalently with Star Wars. Of mm. to, That's kind of where people ran into issues with The Last Jedi was, well, this is what Luke Skywalker means to me. No, this is what Luke Skywalker means to me. And when those are so radically different, you've got half the people that love it and half the people that don't. Because I don't mind most of Last Jedi's narrative um, but I know for a fact, Last Jedi was very divisive because of how they portrayed Luke Skywalker, who is a character mm-hmm. a lot of people love, but they have this idea of what the character is. And that's totally fine, but when you let that overpower everything else to the point that you think that's the only way it can be, we can also debate whether or not Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi was out of character or not. I think that's a valid discussion to have, but it also Mm -hmm. with any discussion like that, you also need some self-evaluation going am I open to change? Like for me personally, I'm not a fan of Zack Snyder's Superman. That being said, I'm more than willing to give his Justice League a chance because I never got to see the ending chapter of his book. I never saw the end of his story. Maybe the character... His arc is different than what we know, and the reason why he gets beat to the curb and just utterly and completely disgraced in Batman vs. Superman is though that, like a phoenix, he can rise stronger than ever to be the mm-hmm. beacon of hope. But again, we don't know that, and we often assume as fans, we know better than the creatives, or because I've read this many comics, then I feel a certain entitlement to it. And that's not a good way to think of it. it deters creativity and but i'll be the first to admit i've definitely been guilty of that we all have it's oh absolutely it's a a fan's nature absolutely and like i remember like as it keeps sticking we're gonna i think we're gonna stick with the star wars example for a little bit here because i remember seeing the trailer for rise of skywalker and seeing the uh the quote pseudo uh dark side ray um tease and i was instantly like absolutely Yes, that is what I want. Although, Give it to me. That was purposely manipulative. Oh, I agree. However, but that it's only purposely manipulative f- with them knowing the story that they're going to tell. It's all you know what I mean? it's so it's it's really really hard to think philosophically as a fan when it comes to these things. I think one of the, the that meme I sent you, what was it, yesterday or day before, um, about, hey, if you think you're bad at writing, just keep in mind that you didn't put in front of your billion-dollar franchise and somehow Palpatine came back. And, like, just know that you're, you'll never be that bad. But that completely negates the that, – that puts – small details under a microscope of a larger story yes, of reading or analyzing happen. one line in a two and a half hour movie it's micro analyzing like you're not getting the full picture like yeah again i bring up zach snyder and i will time and time again 
I will be curious to go back and watch Batman vs. Superman after I've seen his Justice League to see if that makes it any better because I'll understand the full picture. And I think too often with nerd culture, and I'm guilty of this just as much as anybody else, we focus on a specific thing. We focus on the small details instead of big picture stuff. Um, like, you may not like this line or whatever else. How maybe that little detail, though, is making... A huge difference in the grand scheme of things like I don't think the line that you're bringing up in Rise of Skywalker I know a lot of people focused on how lazy writing that is to me that doesn't change the narrative it, like it's not like a throwaway line it's like we need to quickly because we more or less have to make two movies into one movie we yeah. have to quickly explain why Palpatine's back and it's either do people get on board with this or not because um, some people like myself can just go all right, that's our explanation, and I would like more, but I understand at the same time we're not going to get more. And yeah. some other people are like, no, that's a lazy explanation. And it is, and they needed that more to it. I think I, uh, I'm i hesitant to call it lazy. I'm hesitant to call it lazy because um, after Last Jedi, going into from a, story, a whole holistic story perspective, the goal is to have a resolution for your characters, right? So with Last Jedi, you have Kylo, who is heading towards a path of, rede a path of redemption. You have Rey, who is battling this darkness, but overall, like that, when it comes down to it, has a good heart and has good intentions. Where's your villain in that? You need to have a villain. So unless you're somehow going to, from a story perspective, take your up-to-this-point hero in Rey and make her some dastardly villain out of nowhere. Which is what they should have done! I... Because mm, I've always hated her character. I agree, but I don't think... Unless you do that, then you just crush two movies worth of redemption story for Kylo. I, I honest and I have said this before, and I will stick to it, because of the way Ryan ended Last Jedi, whether or not um, Abrams wanted the series to go in a certain way, no matter who picked up that last chapter, had the hardest time. Because there's nowhere to necessarily go story-wise. And I think as fans, we saw... And somehow Palpatine has come back and went, oh, so J.J. is just wanting his vision over anything that we might want. And I think that's very selfish. And like you said, like, fans have a – we have a I, – I keep, like, dis, um, like detaching myself. But, like, we have a, a tendency to claim ownership of things that – we technically really have no right to. A lot of characters are ideas that have been here before us and will be here long after us. And, like, as much crap as I give Marvel for, like, a lot of the heroes are just copies of, of DC characters, I can't also hate those characters. You know what I mean? Like, it's I can't be like, sorry, done that before, don't want to see it. Because, I mean, what was it? Uh, WandaVision, technically, the story being told there is not necessarily anything new. Nope. It's story it's, of it. It's, spoiler alert, guys. WandaVision 
is just a better version of the Dark Phoenix saga that we got in the comics. <laughs> it, it's scary accurate. Yeah, it's a story of guilt, of grief. It's a, someone dealing... It's not a new story. But I think that's why I appreciated it so much, A, staying away from fan theories and any of the press releases. But also just, like, being able to enjoy a well-told story for, for, for the most part. I mean, obviously it's not perfect, but I'll have to admit, when they dropped Evan Peters on us, I instant... Whether it was clickbaiting or not... But as someone who was interested in the show, I was instantly like aware of the the implications of it not just being her, her brother back, but it being Evan Peters back, and was instantly dragged back in. Like, not that I was ever not in into the show, but instantly dragged deeper into it. And I think there is something to be said that, and I own. I'm I'm tempted to say the backlash of Evan Peters is the fault of fans' expectations, but at the same time, the conversation we haven't had here yet is what is the responsibility of the creator to the fans? Does they do they have a responsibility at all? That's the thing is the creators are tasked. The creators more or less still technically are employees of a company like Mm -hmm. Matt Shankman I'm sure had some creative control but Kevin Feige is still the boss and Kevin Feige has a boss in Bob Chapek who will single-handedly destroy the company known as Disney I hate you Bob Chapek if I was allowed to say some words on this podcast I would because wow I Chapek is just scum and I hate him so much but um (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> we forget that we we forget a lot that writers or directors or creators they are still somebody's employee, so they still have this fine line of like we've got to please the people, but also I want my vision realized. <laughs> vision, um, but the thing is, there's this balance of I've always said. You could do something different with what the fans want so long as you're still telling a good narrative. And I, at least for me, I think the reason why people are so mad is, one, their fan theories didn't come true. But two, I don't know if the finale ended in a satisfying enough way for the people to still be okay with it. Like, I had some fan theories, but I also have a the mindset of, if my theory doesn't come true, but it's still a satisfying enough story, then I'm okay I wasn't a huge fan of the finale just because I don't think narratively it was the strongest way to end the show. I think there was much stronger episodes and it kept building. It plateaued to me. It goes episodes one through eight kept building, building, and then nine was just it was just there. It it didn't keep getting better. Um, There's a lot of stuff that just kind of felt there like Monica Rambeau getting her powers at the end and deflecting bullets doesn't really need to be there at all. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's just like, it wasn't satisfying. It felt like they could have had another episode in there. And I think that's also where the frustration for WandaVision comes in is I've talked to several people and my parents who watched it diligently. WandaVision felt very dragged out. It did Mm -hmm. not need to be nine episodes. This could have been six hour long episodes instead. And I think, I think that's also part of where the frustration for the show comes in is people go, 
we went, we spent nine weeks of this, and we were frustrated with how it ended. Hmm, sounds a bit familiar, Game of Thrones. I think the reason Game of Thrones' outrage became so big is because people had spent years invested in this show. You could have eight great seasons, but if your ninth is bad, people are only going to remember that, scrubs. Um, that's why I always sing Sykes' praises is because went on for eight seasons, but it ended on top. It didn't overstay its welcome, scrubs, um, friends. Um, it knew when to stop, and the longer your show runs on for Big Bang Theory, you're in more and more danger of losing the charm or people feeling like their time is wasted, and I feel like maybe that might have been the case for WandaVision of people going, I poured a lot of investment into this, not so much with fan theories or whatever else, but just nine weeks of my time going... Well, that could have been better. So maybe I think if we had like a bingeable thing, like a Stranger Things, maybe the reaction wouldn't have been as strong. But at the same time, I don't know if it would have got the fan build up because mm-hmm. as much as it sucked that nobody's fan theories came true, I got to admit, it's cool having so many people like my mom and dad who when she goes, I'm Agatha Harkness, darling. They didn't know who that was. So my dad looks up who Agatha Harkness is and does a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of research on that. I think it's cool that people... I never want to gatekeep into comic books. As a kid, I was one of the few people that I knew that read comic books actively. That's why I love Spider-Man so much. Um, I love when my parents or Heather or somebody comes to me with comic book or movie questions because I'm like come come enjoy this fun world but I feel like that's the danger of fandom is so many people like to gatekeep of going well if you like comic books name your favorite comic book arc of all time the artist and the writer and whatever else I'm just like people that only like the original trilogy of Star Wars and people that only like Rebels or Clone Wars in Mm. the grand scheme of things they are allowed to like it the same. They're both considered fans. That's it. Like, I'm tired yeah, of people no... comparing themselves of, I'm a bigger fan than you in this area. Like, I'm a huge Nightwing fan. But if someone like Heather, who's just getting into reading Nightwing, I want to encourage that love. I want to foster that love and gloating that you might be a better fan than somebody else. We're all guilty of doing it. Gatekeeping, I think, is single-handedly one of the most dangerous things in fandom, which basically, for those that don't know, gatekeeping is basically deciding what people are allowed to like in the fandom world, and I hate it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think nothing kind of fights that better than the fact that, like, I'm a grown adult now, and I can kind of, I can actually go back and watch the sequel trilogy of Star Wars, and not the sequel, the prequels, and... I kind of enjoy them. They're a good time. They're not 80s filmmaking. Like, the like as much as we love the original trilogy, there's still a lot of really hokey stuff in there. And, I mean, I love it. This That's not a knock. The prequels are still enjoyable. And guess what, guys? There's stuff that is actually pretty enjoyable in the sequel trilogy as well. It's not perfect. Absolutely. But, I mean, it's such a weird, weird balance whenever you have big billion-dollar companies involved in these kinds of franchises. I mean, think. let's use M. Night Shyamalan. The movies that he's best known for are the movies that, are, that he collaborated with him with on. The movies that... Mm, just are, like George Lucas. Yeah, the movies that he... that are not 
that good are the ones where a production company threw money at him and told him to do whatever he wants. I think also um, a problem with fandom, and you brought up the um, prequels. I think the prequels are a perfect example of this, is fandoms, um, Star Wars, DC, Marvel, whatever else, always seem to forget history of... Uh, for those that don't pay attention to history are doomed to repeat it. Why Everyone's just like, the sequel trilogy is the death of Star Wars. It's the worst thing to happen to Star Wars. I'm going, oh, so you're new to the Star Wars fandom, aren't you? Because um, people said the exact same thing about the prequels. Now, if you go on social media like Twitter or Instagram, when there's a younger generation on those platforms, like people our age, they'll say the prequels are their favorite things, and there's all a bunch of prequel memes that I love of just Hello there, and General Kenobi memes, and they're everywhere, and people have reevaluated the prequels. I guarantee you, in 10 to 15 years, the exact same thing will happen to the sequel trilogy of kids will grow up watching Rey and Kylo, and will have that love for it, and when they get to be a certain age, they'll fervently defend those movies like our generation defended the prequels, and the original Star Wars generation will still defend stupid stuff from their movies, or their era, like... As much as I love Return of the Jedi, there's a lot of questionable stuff in that that I'm just like, this really has no belonging in this movie, and it's not the best Star Wars movie, but because it's a member of that original trilogy, people will kind of give it a pass. So I think things in movies are cyclical. Like, I had this discussion a lot in college of... um, Somebody was just like, DC will always be bad. I'm just going... Well, you do realize that DC was like king of the box office before 2008. Nothing in film or even in the world is permanent. You do realize before 2008 and to a certain extent before 2001 with uh, 2000 with X-Men, Marvel made trash, like Absolute straight garbage. garbage, like the direct-to-DVD Thor movies or the direct-to-DVD Captain America movies. Nothing is permanent. DC is struggling to find their footing it's frustrating for me now but it's like a bad sports team no one loses forever everything has ebbs and flows i had this debate with someone in college a lot of mark my words there will be a day when dc is a bigger name than marvel again and then marvel will take back the throne again it's just how things work but we're so short-sighted uh, this happens a lot with directors or writers or actors of fandoms, and I'm guilty of doing this too, is we'll only ever go, well, what have you done for us lately? We judge our directors mm-hmm. based on the last movie that they did. J.J. Abrams is struggling with this right now. Of Every time I see his name even remotely attached to anything, people just go, he ruined Star Wars with Rise of Skywalker. I'm going, okay, guys, take Rise of Skywalker aside. You loved both of his Star Trek movies. You like Super 8. You forget how much you liked Force Awakens. And that wasn't even six years ago. People have too short of memories. And I want people to think big picture a lot. Because, again, for those that don't follow history, you're doomed to repeat it. And movies and entertainment are very cyclical in that way. And I think fandoms, maybe because we live in the age of social media, we're so attached to the now and the current that we don't think big picture and think backwards in order to think forwards yeah absolutely and i i I think a i think saying that rise of skywalker ruined star wars is incredibly dramatic and you need to like how can you can't 
one movie can't ruin a whole series. Yeah, that's X-Men not had how... like three movies that ruined the franchise. Yeah, that's not how this works. That's not – you don't get to say, hey, that's a bad series because of one bad movie. That's not – who. and I think that, again – we forget. I think so. Let's. I'm gonna try to like wrap this up and not in as neat of a bow as like I think we can. I think us as fans having a discussion about the state of fandom, we have to realize that much like people at fast food restaurants, directors, writers, cinematographers, they're all people that just have jobs. They all answer to somebody. Somebody's paying them money to make very specific decisions. While everybody does have some creative input, I think it is, I want to say, arrogant as fans to look at products and content and be like, because we love this, it is ours now. And we get to dictate where it goes. I think if you go and you look at go like look at YouTubers like Jack Septicai, like Markiplier, like the, some of these guys, some of these creators that have been there for a while, eventually kind of go, what the fans want isn't always right. And guys, mm. there's some stuff that I think we want that's not exactly as good as we think it is you bring up a good point with fans always want a specific thing that i didn't have in my notes but i really wanted to make sure we talked about is um fans don't know what they want and when you say that i always think of movie castings because Mm. good god we can count so many times over this casting's gonna suck robert downey jr is iron man people were not in favor of that Robert Pattinson is Batman. That's still out, but I mark my words, he's going to be the best Batman we've ever had. Heath Ledger is Joker. Ben Affleck is Batman. There's always these castings that I still see comments to this day that the Flash movie's in production. It should be Grant Gustin. I'm going, people in the fandoms want to stick with what they know because the unknown is scary and it's dangerous. I get Mm -hmm. that. And people, it's the same reason why people want Ben Affleck to stay as Batman basically forever because they like it and that's fine. But if we don't get new things, we're not going to get new things that we're going to like. If we still stick with the same thing, there's no intervention. There's no creation. There's nothing new or exciting. Like, unfortunately, Iron Man may someday, maybe not, not Iron Man. That's a bad example. Wolverine someday is going to be recast. Hugh Jackman can't do this forever and there's gonna be a whole bunch of nerd rage when that happens it all depends on who casts him whether or not i'll be mad as well but we always have to keep in mind that that's going to happen and that's okay because it's something new we can't stick with what's familiar or same we get stagnant if we do that that's why studios sometimes know more than us when it comes to stuff like that of we have to trust them in their casting so we can have a Heath Ledger Joker or else we would be stuck going, we want Willem Dafoe as Joker, which would be cool, but it might not fit the movie that's actually happening as well. Yes. So to close, I've got two final thoughts of, I think, the single biggest issue with nerd fandom, and then I'll kind of end with some positives of, are there some healthy fandoms out there? Because I've actually had some very good experiences with certain ones, but I think... 
For me, single-handedly, the biggest problem that I've seen with fandoms, and I've been guilty of this too, is we group everything into three categories. It's either the best thing ever, the worst thing ever, or it's underrated and people don't talk about it. Like, it's... <laughs> movies today, for yeah. some reason, can't be just fine. Like, I actually, this ties in perfectly when I talked about Annabelle Comes Home earlier. I wanted to slot that right dead in the middle because it wasn't great, but also it wasn't bad. It had some good tension, but the scares when they finally tried to execute them were not very scary, but it was somewhere in the middle. Nowadays, everything you see it with Last Jedi or basically any Zack Snyder movie, you either praise it like it's the second coming of Jesus or it's the worst thing since your dog died and there's nothing in the middle. Heaven forbid a movie's just in the middle and good, like Sonic or Dora the Explorer or, um, I don't know, some other movies. There are movies that are allowed to be just fine. Movies don't have to be the best thing ever since sliced bread. And I think we've lost that because we're so used to like either lists or we want everything to be Avengers Endgame level of big and epic. I'm like, that's not how movies are meant to be. Having something that's just okay is okay and not everything yeah. is underrated yeah and i i think too i think again we as fans can be very very short-sighted in order to get end game level movie events you have to let pe- people build you have to let them create and innovate and and be like all right cool so this is what we're doing with wandavision sorry we're not going to tell you everything right off the bat mm-hmm. like People now, it makes me sound like a grumpy old man, but people nowadays aren't patient. And I'll be honest with that. I'm guilty of that too. I almost quit WandaVision after the second episode just because the pace was so slow. I'm going, I don't know if you're really delivering narratively and what I'm interested in. Um, And again, it just comes back to that old man theology of you're all too busy on your social media. I, I do think social media at times is both a great thing for connecting with other fans, but at the same time, places like Twitter and Reddit are the worst when it comes to movies because, heaven forbid, you have an opinion that differs slightly than what other people think, and they will cast you off as an idiot as opposed to agree to disagree because I have some movie opinions that I'll share here, but I'll never share on any social media because I feel like I'll get roasted alive. Like the one that you and I will agree on that the Karate Kid remake is better than the original movie for a lot of different reasons, but you can't say that because the original is a beloved masterpiece. Um, But people seem to think if you have an opinion that differs with them in movies, like I don't like Batman versus Superman. You're an idiot who only likes Marvel um, stuff and you're a shill for whatever else, even though, I have like 10 times more DC comics than Marvel and whatever else it they people wanted to immediately invalidate your opinion because of one thing or another. And I'm going, mm-hmm. not everything is all or nothing when it comes to movies. You do realize these are meant to be fun and stir up healthy conversation. Well, it's the best way I can think. And I think weirdly enough, um, I think that some of the outrage over in the in the world of fandom right now is not just one generation. Every single generation, for some reason, 
has had this issue of standing their ground for no reason. Yes. Um, one of the best ways I can think of to explain at least my personal view on what it means to be a fan of something. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Terry Pratchett. He's a yes, book author. author. Yeah. A fan. I, so his books are so good to me. I love most of them. Some of them are so good. Some of them drag on about stuff that does not really matter. <laughs> Stephen King. And it bought and. But there's still things in those books I can find to enjoy. It At the end of the day, being a fan of something is going to happen. It's whenever you like something. And that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think the disconnect is when we are unable to accept that somebody else given their life circumstances has come to a, a movie that we love with a different perspective. Mm -hmm. I think people come at it with, if you disagree with that, my opinion on something you dis you people taken as an attack of you didn't like the movie that I liked. Well, you, that's an attack on me somehow, as opposed to, there could be a variety of different factors going into this. Somebody might really like Batman versus Superman. If you do, that's awesome. And I'm really happy that you were able to enjoy that. Cause I want people to enjoy movies. I don't want movies to fail and I'm not going to like everything. That's the point. If you liked everything or didn't like everything, life would suck. You need some good and some bad and you mm -hmm. need the differences of opinion. And I think people seem to think that, if you have differences of opinion on something, it means that you, that it's a personal attack on you and it's just, yeah, no, this didn't work for me. Um, but on the flip side, we've talked so much of the dangers of the fandoms. There are all, still a lot of positives. Like, oh, um, absolutely. I'm still very wary of Snyder cut fans a lot of times. Um, but I would be absolutely remiss to quickly dismiss all the good that they've done. They've raised so much money for suicide awareness and suicide prevention after uh, the death of Autumn. Like, they were a force for good in some aspects. And if nothing else, they are incredibly loyal. Um, believe it or not, there are a couple of fandoms that I feel like we don't talk about enough that I actually don't know if I've ever had a bad experience with them. Like, the bigger ones, like, uh, I remember growing up, we always go, Star Trek fans are nuts as a Star Wars fan because you think your group is fine. Star Wars fans are the worst. Like, yeah. <laughs> Marvel fans can be bad at times, but and so can DC fans, but Star Wars fans are just the worst. But believe it or not, the fandom that I'm a part of that actually I would say is one of the healthiest fandoms is the horror community. I, oh, absolutely. I love the horror community so much because I think it's such a group of rejects as in the nicest way possible of like everyone kind of will talk down about the horror genre until like a get out comes out and goes, Oh wow. This is deep and thought provoking. You know, we have other movies like that. We're not all Friday the 13th, but whatever. You keep having your ignorant thinking. Um, yeah, but the horror community there's, I've seen so much good and interesting and compelling discussions and more so than anything else. And maybe it's because we're still as a genre, the little brother 
compared to everybody else, like we're never going to be as popular as the MCU or Star Wars. And so we kind of rally on to our own more so than any others. Whereas Star Wars, I feel like has created like subsections of OG fans, younger fans that like Rebels or Marvel fans that are like the diehard comic book fans or the casual fans like my parents. Horror, we're a bunch of rejects and we're proud of that. And we bond with each other more so. Um, is there any fandoms that you could think of, Josh, that you're just like, you know, this is a good example of a fandom? Um, <laughs> the anime fandom I knew is, you were always, going down is that road. always, always weird. Um, I, I, there's, I never have good experiences with Naruto fandoms. Um, they, they can, yeah. It's because they're going to um, run at you at full speed. <laughs> bro, so, little side note real quick, uh, Jack Septicai started watching Naruto for the first time ever, and so on Twitter he was like a hundred episodes, like thirty episodes in or something like that. On Twitter he was like, "Hey, thirty episodes in, these are my thoughts on the series so far," and like was like, "Yo, Sakura's the worst," and all of Twitter like came after him, and then he said it in a video on YouTube, and all of YouTube was like. Yeah, dude, she's the worst. <laughs> so it, yeah, like, it all depends. Like, oh, it all depends on where you say your stuff. So, and like, that's, that's the thing is, so, like, obviously, since I'm a DC fan, I've talked about Snyder so much over the past few months. Instagram loves the man so much. I've seen so many positive posts about just his vision, what uh, people loved about Justice League or Batman vs. Superman for months. And then you go on Twitter and people hate it. But then there's subsections of Twitter. It's just weird of who likes what on what social media. And then you got Facebook where it's just a whole bunch of older people um, that got rejected from Parlor. But whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's 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 a wonder that fans still are like, why don't companies listen to fans? Like, which voice you want them to listen to, bro? <laughs> which voice? But here's the um, thing with fandom is you're allowed to like – some stuff, mm. but not everything. Again, it's not all or nothing. Like, I love Christopher Nolan. Not all of his movies are good. I think no. Mike Flanagan is one of my favorite directors working today. Maybe even more than Nolan. Do I love all of his movies? Almost, but I don't love everything. I didn't love Absentia. Um, Bly Manor was a colossal disappointment for me. That being said, I'm still excited for whenever I hear his name next. Zack Snyder. I've talked negatively about some of his movies. I love Man of Steel. I think Watchmen is probably my favorite of his because he's allowed to have cynical characters. He can do stuff well. It's not all or nothing in stuff. There's gray area, mm-hmm. almost like in life. Not everything is black and white except for 101 Dalmatians, which we didn't talk about today, but that Cruella trailer is a lot better than it has any right to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know how you feel, man. Hey, at, at the end of the day, though, and I think... When you and I wanted to start, like started to have this discussion, and it, it, we do have a tendency to be like, "Hey, hey, guys, like, stop being stupid, stupid." To quote Phil DeFranco, um, but I wouldn't have this any other way. Like, I am who I am because of fandoms. I am mm-hmm. like my sense of humor has been built around just all of these shows that we all collectively love or hate. And it just, I think, I don't think fandoms is going to change. No. And, and 
I'm okay with that, also not, but I'm okay with it. Because we're all just, we're, at least we all love something. I, I, I think I'm more happy that people have enough emotion to be passionate about something than not. Yeah, if any, if anything, at the end of the day, fandom, it's like family. You get tired of them very easily when they act stupid, but at the same time, they can bring you such joy because, like, yes, do I get annoyed with comic book fans, myself included? Yes. But if I had a time machine, one of the first places I would go is go back to Endgame opening night just to relive that with fans again because those type of moments are really, really special, and that only comes with fandom. So there's bad, but also there can be good it's like a hammer you can either use it to destroy or you can use it to create and that's i'm gonna wrap it up and be more philosophical (laughs) than i have any right to be um well what do you guys think what are some of your favorite fandoms to be a part of what are some of the strengths and weaknesses you think of the fandom mentality do you think we've improved as a fan community do you think we've regressed let us know in the comments below and as always subscribe to the youtube channel because again we're only two subscribers away from 400 so hopefully when we come back next week we'll be at the 400 mark and we can begin the climb to 500 subscribers and if you're not listening to us on youtube subscribe to us on whatever audio platform listening to us on whether that's google podcast spotify uh apple music and as always stay sharp movie guys and gals